0: Welcome to another episode of the Restoration Today podcast. I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, a network spanning all of the U.S. and Canada, the Tomy Service Network. Consisting of members from multiple verticals, the Tomy Service Network provides members access to Steramist technology, which is a powerful disinfection technology designed to adapt to any job site. Members also received marketing materials, member discounts, networking opportunities, and more through a new desktop and mobile app. Learn more today by visiting TomiMist, that's T-O-M-I-M-I-S-T dot com, or by calling 800-525-1698. Hello there. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I am very excited to be joined by some of the RIA industry's finest, although there's a lot of fine people in the industry. But anyway, we are just wrapping up the RIA convention in Reno and a lot of exciting stuff happened. A lot of things are happening within the RIA. I think there's a lot of chatter about the RIA coming out of the convention and there was so much energy and excitement and full rooms and great conversations that are really helping move the industry forward. So I am very excited to be joined by this group of people. So we have Christy Cohen, who is the CEO of the RAA and she is part of Association Headquarters, who manages the RAA. We have Mark Springer, who is the immediate past president of the RAA. He's also from Dayspring Restoration and Fleet Response. We have Katie Smith, who is the new president from PHC uh, of the RAA from PHC Restoration, and Ben Looper, who is the president-elect of the RAA and he is from Southeast Restoration Group. So Thank you all for joining me very much. I'm really excited to kind of recap what's going on in the industry. So Christy, I'm going to start with you and kind of have you introduce yourself and share how long you've been in the industry and your role at AH.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Michelle, for the opportunity. I've got to tell you, I'm still coming off of the energy and the excitement of convention. I'm just just really, really happy to be able to talk with you all and kind of recap how things went. But I am the CEO with the Restoration Industry Association. I have been working with the RIA since January of 2020, a few months uh, in advance of that, but really officially started with the RIA in January of 2020, right before COVID hit, and And I've been working with association headquarters coming up on uh, 10 years, so working in association management for about 10 years uh, thus far. Okay. Ben, can you introduce yourself a little bit?
2: Yes, thank you. Uh, Ben Looper, CEO of Southeast Restoration Group, based here out of Atlanta, Uh, and I have been in the industry about 27 years, going on my 27th year, and um, inside the RIA, I've been fortunate enough uh, to serve the Chairman of the TPA committee and uh, now uh, on the board of trustees, as uh, well as executive committee.
0: Okay, Mark.
3: Well, Michelle, thanks for having us. Uh, echo Christie's comments and congratulations on all your very rapid success at CNR. Thank you for all your support for RIA and great seeing you and having you uh, participating there down in Reno. Um, I've been involved with RIA for a long time. Uh, and in fact, even going back to the ASCR days, grew up in the industry. My dad started our company back in 1989. So I've been, the very, uh, incredible beneficiary of, of a lot of people before and a lot of people present and, and even into the future. And, uh, and it was, uh, quite a, quite a opportunity for us last week to just like uh, Christy said still coming off of that high from the convention. So I was really, really a, a neat week and and awesome to see the, the industry coming together.
0: All right, and Katie, Madam President.
4: That doesn't get old yet. Yeah, no. Um, so, hey Michelle, thanks for having us today. Um, I am also a second generation restorer like Mark and like many people in the industry. Um, I started in the industry 17 years ago, uh, right after my husband and I got married. And so that's how I always keep track of that. And I started volunteering with RAA maybe 10 years ago and I started in the membership committee and worked with young, young restorers. And uh, I think in, in my seventh year, I just started my seventh year on the board.
0: Okay. So I'm curious from the three restorers here, a lot of the comments I hear in the industry are, well, what's new with the RIA? What's changed? Like, why should I join now? Why is it different from before? And I do think that it has changed. So Ben, I'm going to toss it to you first. I'm curious how you have seen the RIA evolve in the years that you have been part of it.
2: Well, thank you, Michelle. I'm not sure I'm the right person to answer this <laughs> Uh, Katie and Mark may be better suited to answer this, but um, you know the RIA uh, in in past years has been uh, a bit of a good old boys club and did not have the membership uh, that it's had or the voice from a contractor's perspective uh, that it needed, and um, that has evolved really in the last four to five years, and certainly under the last two years under Mark's leadership, and uh, we're grateful we're grateful to see the numbers. Uh, that we're seeing, you know, with the growth of the membership, and that's a continued focus moving forward, that we're going to, we need to get this information out to the contractors in our industry, um, and allow all the other parties that are involved uh, in the process to understand that, you know, we want to work with them, uh, not against them, but we want to work with them to, to get some of these, you know, concerns and issues addressed and fixed. So, um, you know, Things have have certainly evolved. The RA now has a voice coming alongside partnering with ICRC, you know, has been a a great benefit that I think is going to continue to educate not only our current restorers, but our future generations of restorers as well.
0: Great answer. I think you were perfectly equipped to answer that. Okay, Katie, what do you think?
4: I mean obviously the AGA our advocacy efforts are are the major thing that's changed and anybody can see that but I think the culture of our whole organization is changing and that starts with um, our administration and with our board Um, just the vibe is is very different there's not a lot of egos involved and there's just really a, a servant mindset we are here to serve the industry we're not here to see what we can gain from it um, I got a LinkedIn request from someone yesterday that reached out and just said what you said resonated with me and it made me feel less like a little fish in a big pond. And so um, I think we're more inclusive and, and really, especially I know I'm focused on uh, just the language that we use when we talk about little guys and big guys. Like that's that's language that I think we should stop using because we want to reach every single restorer. And so company size, revenue size, that's not important. We all need the same resources and so um, obviously I, I think at, since we've changed our name to RIA, I am the first um, female to be president. I'm really proud of that and so um, I think it's a good step towards representing what the Everyday Restorer looks like and I'm just really proud to be here.
0: Awesome. Okay, Mark.
3: Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things and I turn a lot of this back to, to Christy and their staff uh, and just the remarkable job they've done. Um, you know, some of the things I think that were major challenges for RIA was, was really on two fronts. One for our volunteers, they were very burdened and, and lacked joy. And, and I think volunteering with RIA became an enormous burden. It, it was hard uh, to be involved. And I think a lot of people, some of our best and brightest volunteers quit. I mean, we've had some people come back to the board even recently and say, okay, now I want to be involved because before this was this was not a fun thing. And uh, so, so I'd say that uh, really, you know, the first thing that has been a major change has been positive engagement of the volunteers and really being able to plug them in in a place that they can see benefit from their volunteering and their involvement with the association. You know, and then the, and then the second thing I would say, and again, this is a staff-driven piece is is really the customer service for our members. Um, You know, uh, Katie and I were talking about the, the day. It wasn't too far into the past where we got requests regularly from people who are saying, hey, I can't get anyone to get back to me on my certification status, or I'd like to join, but no one's returned my phone call, or how do I find this resource that you guys have? And it was just the, the member-centric nature of what we do was, was lacking. And, and, and again, kudos to, you hear a lot of us praising Christy. We, we really enjoy her and her team uh, because the, what, what we've, I've seen and, and is really both of those areas that were, were challenged have been entirely reformed. And now I know that the volunteers do have joy in what they do and the members get the response that they need. Uh, to be able to plug in with the, with the association. And I think both of those are just fundamental to what uh, RI is going to do now and into the future if we're going to make an impact. I mean, that really sets the stage or the foundation for all this other great work uh, that needs to be done. Without without our members and without the, the quality volunteers, no, none of this would happen. And so so those, those are the things I think from my vantage point, which is you know, over 10 years on the board, Um, those are the big changes that I've seen uh, over the last few years.
0: Okay, so Christy, I'm hoping you can outline the RIA's strategic plan. I think that that has helped with some of the growth and forward movement here. So can you take some time to outline what the strategic plan is and where
1: things are at with it? Sure, absolutely. You know, some of the feedback that we received when we first started partnering with RIA uh, was just – kind of a lack of focus you know we need to stay very strategic very focused on the work at hand and what the most important uh, challenges and issues are for our industry and so uh, working with our our board and our volunteers it's been a pleasure working together and staying focused not chasing those shiny objects being very meticulous and very methodical in terms of making sure that everything we're doing maps back to the strategic plan. And so really, our vision is you know a unified voice for the restoration contractor. We want to educate, advocate, and elevate the industry. And the four key areas of the strategic plan include sustainability, ensuring that RIA is financially viable, that we are leveraging technology, we're operating nimbly at both the volunteer and staff level. We are focused secondarily on advocacy, making sure that our RIA AGA priorities involve members, involve our industry stakeholders as Ben uh, spoke about earlier partnering with folks and partnering with third parties who can help us move the needle on these issues and making sure that we have the financial resources to support AGA and communicating progress. We have to keep showing return on investment for everyone who has given us their trust in, in the work that we're doing. And then next, we have membership growth and engagement. This is a huge pillar of our strategic plan, something that's going to be a big area of focus for this year where we're going to be effectively communicating the value of RIA membership uh, to all restoration contractors in order to grow and engage. And back to Katie's point, we want the industry to know that RA is a place for everyone, for every restorer. And so that's going to be a big part of our, our work. Elevating the industry is the last pillar of our strategic plan. And this is really important as well. We really want to articulate a career path for uh, the value of RA's advanced design. We want to be able to educate consumers on the importance of certification and preparing for certification and education program growth. So partnering with the IICRC on how can we create that pathway that is really going to articulate all of the incredible skills, knowledge, and abilities that you have to demonstrate in this industry. So those are our four key areas of the strategic plan. Um, We've made a lot of headway. Just briefly, we have had uh, work that we've completed in the sustainability where we are. We've developed a new website. We have developed new social media strategies. We've revamped our committee structure, getting back to volunteer joy and making sure that we are focused on the tasks that are going to move the needle. Um, We have created a new finance committee focused on our financial stability. Um, We've restructured our board of directors uh, with advocacy, And we can talk, I'm sure, much more with Katie and others here. We've made great strides in developing really critical position statements on deviation from pricing, standardized pricing, new construction price lists. Um, We're starting to see the fruits of that labor, how our members are using the position statements and having success with those. And so that's been very exciting. Uh, Membership growth, uh, we can talk a little bit, I'm sure, about our new membership strategy uh, going forward. But we are pleased that we've had about a 20% increase in membership over the last two years. And I think that's just Going to grow as we continue to work uh, on a new membership due structure that's going to create an easier barrier of entry for companies that may be, uh, you know, just starting out in the industry to know that this is a place for them and that we have resources to bear. And then, of course, elevating the industry, we have developed our new environmental risk specialist certification. We'll be launching that this year with our beta coming up in May and just um, having those conversations with IIC see on how we can create a solid uh, career path for restorers. So a lot of great work and still a lot more to be done.
0: Perfect. Okay. So I think kind of the most prevalent thing is the AGA, right? That's like a big push by the RAA. And um, Mark, you introduced that what, two years ago now? Is it over two years ago? I don't, I lost track of time in the pandemic. Yeah.
3: I know it's crazy how the the blur we have there, but uh, AGA was launched in uh, 19, uh, May of 19 at the Phoenix uh, convention there, uh, 2019.
0: Okay. All right. So Katie, I know that you have been president of AGA and very involved there. So can you share kind of some of the updates? And I know that we heard some real world examples from contractors um, at the convention of how the AGA and some of the position papers and stuff like that have actually really, really helped their companies. So can you share a little bit of that kind of progress?
4: Yeah, sure. Also, I first want to announce that Jeff Gross from First On Site in New York City is our new AGA chair, and so I got to pass the baton on to him, and I know he's going to do a great job, but if you missed the town hall, we did actually have member testimonials where we called a few of our members up on stage, and they gave examples of how they were able to use our new construction price list paper. Uh, the TPA, uh, TPA scorecard uh, was beneficial in someone's uh, lawsuit and helped them win their case, and so we talked about, the resources that we have and um, how they can be used but we're also going to have an AGA academy uh, which is going to really dive into uh, what the statements are intended to be used for and then give examples of how you can use them in your daily interactions with with different parties Um, Our second edition of the TPA scorecard is live right now. And so, Michelle, I'm hoping you can add a link to that in your show notes and encourage um, anyone listening. If you are involved with any TPAs currently doing TPA work or if you have in the last year with any TPAs, we need to hear your feedback. Uh, It's a five star rating system this year. So similar to Google reviews for TPAs. So you can do a rating and then you can leave open ended feedback. We take that feedback to each TPA. We present the the results to them we have uh, very honest discussions with them like here's what the contractors on your programs are saying about working with you so it's open it's live now please go take the survey um, we have our third-party consultant position statements we continue to work with different third-party consultants um, young and associates meridian etc we want them to review the the, the statements which they are doing um, and then put out a stance on those as well uh, we have our pricing task force force which is an active group and uh, we just sent a letter off to um, exact um, today actually with some findings from our task force we just want some more clarity around some specific line items. Um, we had our fuel surcharge video that went out in the last few weeks that was a success. Uh, We'll have another video going out from um, our our volunteers at ATI regarding final clean and the line items. Um, So we're going to have lots of little quick hit videos on our AGA platform and the longer videos that um, our our members can use to train their employees. And so if the message only gets to the owner and manager, it's not really to the boots on the ground. So we're going to use this platform to really distribute information to all of our members. We're really excited about it.
0: Okay, perfect. Okay. I also want to talk a little bit about regional focus groups. This is something brand new that's just coming out. I know Mitch Heitman is helping steer that, and there are four different regions, I believe, and these are hopefully coming to pass within the next few months and giving restorers an opportunity to meet more in person with groups in their area, right? So, Ben, are you able to speak a little bit to the re- regional focus groups, and others can jump in as if you want as well, but I'm excited to share that with industry.
2: Yeah, thank you, Michelle. Uh, Mitch is doing a great job of um, connecting the volunteers in those regions. Uh, as he announced at the conference, um, they're going to be coming out with some, some more announcements uh, in the summer, in the fall, um, about some of those regional meetings. It's just not possible uh, these days for everybody to get together on one side of the country or the other. So um, kudos to Mitch and, and the board and the team that's um, you know, gone through the process of recognizing that you know these regional focus committees and, and really in our industry, things are different in different regions of the country and, and who you're working with. So I think it's going to be beneficial uh, getting these parties together and seeing where we go from here. I'm excited uh, about what Mitch is doing and his the volunteers uh, putting these together. I really think uh, this is going to be able to bring a lot of great information um, to the board, to the staff at AH, and uh, get us the information we need to make the decisions to move forward, and then you know, obviously at the annual convention every year, uh, present you know some of the findings and some of the things that maybe other regions aren't thinking about um, that are problems in one region that may soon to be a problem in another region that we can solve as a as a team at RIA.
4: Michelle, I was so excited about AGA Academy that I failed to even mention that we have now got our legislative task force up and running, and that's going to be chaired by Matt Preston with Star Pro. And so um, anytime we have regulatory issues or anything that we need to be aware of and take action against, or that will feed into our regional group. And so we'll actually have contacts in each region. And so Matt and his team will be able to reach out to them and say, who do you know? What can we do? Let's devise a plan. And so those two are going to complement each other nicely.
0: Okay, and who wants to talk about what sets RAs advanced designations apart from other training and certifications you can get in the industry? I had somebody come up to me at the convention and go, "What's the CR? What's the Certified Restore?" I'm seeing this after all these people's names, and I have to know what it is. So, tell, talk a little bit about the advanced designations and what sets them apart and why they're important.
4: I think Mark needs to take this one. I always I was on the mem- membership side, and my, uh, Mark was already on education and certification. This is his baby, so I'm gonna let him take this. Okay.
3: Well, it actually dovetails really nicely into what Ben just talked about, because one of the other benefits of the regional focus groups is that we will be moving those advanced designations uh, around the country and allowing really a place to facilitate where someone can not only get great AGA content and RIA content, but they can also get one of those advanced certifications in tandem with that and visit uh, one of the companies that is hosting that regional focus group. So, you know, there's just a lot of different uh, areas that the value proposition of those regional focus uh, groups really comes into focus on those. And what I'm really excited about is that, you know, if you're in a region, we've known historically that travel is very challenging. I mean, when I went to the CR school back almost 20 years ago, I had to go from Montana out to Washington, D.C. for a big, big chunk of time. And that's just not practical for everyone. You know, it, it's expensive and it, it's a it's such a massive investment on so many different levels. But when you uh, so let's just say, for example, in the Midwest, if someone was in the Midwest, they would be able to travel in relative close proximity to each of those uh advanced pillars that we just talked about, and over a, a four-year period of time, they would be able, in that kind of close travel proximity, to complete the prerequisites for the CR. And uh, so we're we're excited about how that regional focus group will also support that initiative. Now, uh, as far as the CR goes, it is in redevelopment. Our scheduled completion of that is 2024. Mm-hmm. So we, we still got a lot of work to do on that, but we are just... So pleased that some of the the guys who've been involved from, you know, the the legacy of that uh, program and Norris Gearhart and Ken Larson will be working with us to uh, continue to get that project across the goal line. Of course, they've been the instructors, kind of took over from Marty King uh, after his uh, handing of the torch, and uh, you know we're just excited about how that will fully round out uh, a restorer who wants to be able to uh, step into some of those areas where that next level of professionalism is required, whether it be in litigation support or providing um, expert reports and uh, really gathering uh, data and documentation into a way that a third party could interpret it. So those are just things that will happen to really further enhance and and, and to what uh, Christy spoke about is to one of our strategic goals, elevate the industry.
0: Okay, so bringing this all together, there's a new membership model. So hopefully everybody who's listening or watching has heard a lot of reasons to be part of the RIA now and a lot of the new things that have come about just in the last few years. So who wants to talk about the new membership model and a little bit of what that looks like? And hopefully at this point, I can also pop a slide
1: up so people can kind of see the outline of that and what it looks like.
4: I bet Christy has a slide in front of her right now. that. she
1: <laughs> No, I would be happy to talk about it. You know, um, the board and we have a membership um, a development task force that has been really working hard over the last 12 months to evaluate the membership model. And, you know, how does it need to evolve to um, meet restorers where they are today? Uh, we have not made changes to our membership dues structure in, gosh, I don't know, Mark, if we ever really figured out the last time that we made uh, updates to our membership uh, model. But we really, it was very important for us to focus on three aspects. We wanted to make sure that that our new membership model supports what is necessary to fund the AGA. We have had so much generosity in this industry to kick off our advocacy work and everything that needs to be done, but we realize that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable to continue to go back to people asking them to make financial uh, investments in AGA repeatedly. And so building a membership model that's really going to support the AGA financially was important. The second the second aspect was ensuring that it is easy and that it is, uh, we're making it easier for folks to join the association, uh, almost like a set it and forget it type of model where uh, you don't have to remember, you know, I've got a pay that invoice or you know, make that renewal payment from year to year and really focusing more on like a subscription-based model to make it easier in what people expect these days with so many other things that they participate in. And then lastly, we wanted to make it affordable. We want the RAA to be a place where all restorers at every level of building their companies, can be a member, can take advantage of the resources that we offer, and so really uh, creating some new tiers of membership. Uh, It's based on, you know, the size, the revenue size of your company, so that if you are just starting out, if you are, you know, uh, still building your business, there will be a lower dues amount that you would pay to become a member of the RAA, we also will be instituting a new first time member dues uh, structure where, if you've never been a member of the RIA, you could join us for, you know. Tw- a year to get you in the door, to get you exposed to everything that we offer, because again, we want this to be a large tent that attracts all restorers and that gets them all connected to the important work that we're doing. So we're very excited about this new model. Um, We are working on building this out uh, on the back end and all the structure it will take to implement this. And so we will be making some more announcements uh, as we progress closer to the summertime as we get ready to roll this out. All of our existing members will just kind of be rolled into the new model upon their renewal. And then, of course, you're going to be seeing a lot more uh, marketing and promotion of this uh, first-time member uh, dues model because we, again, want to spread the word and get as many folks engaged with us as possible.
0: Okay. All right. So I feel like each of you has shared a number of things that you're proud of, but I am hoping that each of you can pick one thing that you are really proud of from within the RIA from maybe the last two years. So Mark is immediate past president. Let's start with you. What are you most proud of?
3: You know, I'm, I would say that you talked about that blur that we had from COVID and certainly 2020, uh, was a blur sort of year. And, you know, I, I'm just, the board that we have is so special and it was such a, a joy in the midst of that, um, you know, just difficult time that we had to navigate uh, to be able to do that with um, such incredible people on, on our board. And, you know, there was, we had to call all kinds of special board meetings and I know Christy and Katie and I had numerous, uh, you know, emergency calls when things didn't look awesome. And, you know, and, and it, it was, there were, there was a few dark, dark moments in there, but, um, you know, with some special people and, you know, we give the the glory and the honor to God for, for bringing us through, uh, what was, was hard times. But I think the association is, is much better, uh, having gone through that. Um, it, it really, I think in many ways crystallized, first of all, how important RI is for the industry. And then just for our volunteers, you know, how committed they are to the task at hand. And, and so I, I think from my perspective, um, you know, th- those, those hard times set the stage for a very, very exciting future for the association and the the board just 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 keeps getting stronger and stronger and so those would be probably the the first thing off we we already hit a bunch of stuff I think we're all proud of but uh but that that might be another one that we didn't talk about
4: Katie well I had a list of three but I'm gonna just give you my top number one here okay that's our enterprise membership program um I am And if you were in Reno, just the way that they did the the signage and highlighted our sponsors and our enterprise members, that was just something that just really made me say, wow, Like look at the names and the companies that are involved here. But our enterprise members are um, some of the most recognizable brands in the industry, and we are gaining a lot of momentum in this area. And so I'm just really excited to see a lot of franchise companies um, and large independents um, really put all of their support behind the RIA and they're doing so much to get um, all of their teammates involved as well. And so they're really helping us um, further the AGA by um, getting everyone on board with our resources. And so um, if we can just continue to see the names on that enterprise list grow, um, that will continue to, to make me proud.
0: Perfect. Ben?
2: Uh, you know, Mark and Katie took my one and two, so I'll, I'll tie them <laughs> together. I think um, I think the volunteer uh, ism and the opportunity for the membership growth, um, you know, coinciding with what Katie just mentioned with the enterprise members, give, gives the RA an opportunity to do things it's never done uh, before and to continue to build on the voice that you know is, is being built on now. So having uh, the resources, um, this is not my words, this is somebody else, but you know in the past, uh, and Mark kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, it was almost a death sentence to be, to be a volunteer or to sit on the board for the RIA. Um, and um, like I said, those weren't my words, but it's probably what I was thinking uh, at certain times. But uh, that's not the case now. And I think uh, the membership is strong along, you know, bringing on these enterprise um, members that have team members on their, in their organizations that have not only knowledge expertise, um, but maybe have a little bit of um, a room to be able to, to help and educate, you know, some of the other restorers that, you know, Katie talked about earlier. We all started somewhere uh, and that was small. And, you know, everybody does it different. Um, but having everybody's expertise in the same room, continuing to build on that volunteer pool, continuing to enhance the, uh, the different committees, the different, you know, groups that are out there working uh, for the advocacy for the uh, AGA and, and, and for the RA. Um, but then, you know, building upon the board that's already been there as a voice for the industry, uh, I think is going to be critical
0: moving forward. I'm sure all of us here have stories of being a volunteer in the past and going, oh. so <laughs> kudos to all of you for hanging in there. Okay, Christy, what are you proud of?
1: Gosh, I, I'm, I'm proud of so much. Um, I would say one of the things that I'm most proud of is the culture and the building of bridges. Um, you know, associations are all about people and relationships. And I feel like we are turning a corner in that perception of what the old RA used to be and what we are now. Um, Looking around at the convention and seeing so many new faces, so many folks who are newer to the industry, um, having folks who are willing to volunteer. We had so many people raise their hands at conventions, submit applications to get involved, Um, folks who are doing podcasts and, you know, all, all of these folks who are going to hold us accountable, but also are now seeing it's okay to be part of RA and be part of the conversation and joining the movement. Um, To me, that is just the core of everything. All of our success will be building on those relationships. And so um, that's what I'm so proud of that we we are changing that perception about this organization, about you know the fact that we are for everyone, for all restorers, and um, building those connections and those relationships is something that I'm I'm very proud of, and we want to continue. There's always more work to be done, so.
0: Okay, so on that note, so we've had a lot of the, woohoo, here are all the good things that are going on. Here's what we're proud of. All right, but we have to talk about what needs work and stay honest with ourselves, right? So Christy, I'm going to keep it with you. What is one thing that you think needs work over the next year before the
1: next convention? Absolutely. One of the things that jumps out, and I think everyone will agree with me here, is communication and marketing to spread the word. We need to reach more restorers and let people know about the RA and what we are doing and the resources that we have available. I think that's our biggest opportunity right now. And I get that feedback from folks, you know, more and more, just how do we spread the word once we find out about RIA, once we get involved, we see the value. Um, so for us, I think that's a big area of opportunity that we really need to work on is how can we spread communication, um, you know, increase our marketing and our ability to reach stores who are not currently connected with us. Okay. Ben, what do you think needs work?
2: You know, I think it's the I think it's the relationships and you know building on what Christy said um, with with some of these outside third-party you know vendors um, that's already been mentioned a couple of times I think we did a great job at the convention this year you know bringing Mike Fulton in um, and and having him sit um, and, and have a, a discussion with with Mark Watley um, on behalf of the contractors um, you know kudos to Mike for doing that because I don't think that might have been done, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but seeing the benefit of having uh, the association behind them, and seeing the opportunity of a partnership um, with Mike, with Vera, the president of Vera Risk and <clears throat> exactly where um, come in and see how, and, and want to hear uh, exactly what the contractors are saying. Uh, I've got a I've got an early call in the morning with one of the leaders of the largest TPAs, and you know, um, you know, my goal in that conversation is to reassure them uh, that we're on the same side of the fence, uh, that that we're not wanting to to come at them uh, as as somebody on the other side of the fence, but we want to partner with them as an association um, and see the benefits of working with the the contractors and the other third-party groups um, to make the industry better and to make things smoother um, at ultimately to be able to serve uh, the homeowners that are and and the, the people, the property owners that are dealing with these losses better um, and and cut out a lot of the you know the question marks or the minutiae that's in the in place there. So continue to build on the relationships um, with those with with all the parties involved in the industry.
4: Okay, hey, Katie. I'm gonna go with membership growth and uh, just reaching the everyday restorer who maybe in the past didn't didn't even know RIA existed or if they did, didn't feel like it was a place for them. Um, The more we grow, the more advocacy we can do and uh, we can hire more staff and have more people dedicated to working for RIA. Um, Just like the enterprise members, they really helped us get through COVID and then that fueled more AGA growth. And so same concept, the more people we can bring into RIA membership, the more we can grow. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, so excited for you, how can I help? And my number one answer is, whenever this due structure comes out, call every restorer in your market that's not an RIA member and tell them that now is the time to join. And also just understanding that when this new structure comes out, your dues might increase, mine will double. And I'm okay with that because um, as much as I give to AGA, I know that um, it comes out a little better because now that the membership dues are going to fuel the AGA, um, it's one price that I pay now. And so um, we don't have to be fundraising for AGA all the time now. And so I know a lot of people will be glad to hear that as well. So if you want to help get your restorers in your market signed up, tell them all about the AGA. We all need to be using the resources from AGA.
0: Okay. Mark, you're in a fun spot here now that you've kind of moved out of president, your immediate past president, but you get to tell them what needs work, even though you're still on the board. But- what do you
3: think needs what well, I, I tell you what, I uh, there's been so many great strides here that, that it is a, a difficult place to to, to say much. But I, I'll, I'll just expand a little bit more on what Ben talked about with TPAs. You know, we, we talked about how much uh, really progress has been made with the pricing platforms. And, you know, I've, I've had some of the, the largest um, restoration Companies in the world uh, give me firsthand accounts of what a difference that has made. I mean, the fact that we are having this conversation now, at this level, is huge. And same thing with the third-party consultants. You know, uh, the work that Ed did, Ed Cross did with uh, the uh, third-party consultants in building those position papers and so forth was was remarkable. Um, and, and that was really two out of the major three areas that AGA set out to impact the industry in. And, the TPA scorecard is an incredible resource. And I think it's helpful to start the conversation, but we need to have a real conversation with TPAs. And, you know, the TPAs, has been said, have a very important place in this ecosystem. And uh, I, I continue to believe and, I, and assert that restoration contractors are not having enough of a conversation with TPAs before the TPA has their sales pitch and their approach that they give to the insurance carrier. And I think that what what has happened there has been in some cases unintended consequences. And there again, what we've proven with third-party consultants and the pricing platforms is that we all have a place here. But contractors really are the ones at the end of the day that get the work done. We are the ones that actually have to go out and fix these properties and employ the people to fix the properties. And without the restoration contractor, these other uh, players in the ecosystem, they don't even exist. And so why the contractor wouldn't have its voice being heard there and being represented in a way that can be sustainable and can be heard and be uh, positioned in such a way that there's reciprocity in the requirements and, and how they move forward, you know, I think it is really, really important. And I think if the contractors are strong and if they are sustainable and if they're able to really be able to police their own, so to speak, everyone, the pricing platforms, the TPAs and the TPCs and the carriers for that matter, all benefit. But if the contractors are weak, everyone is in a bad place. And so that, that'd be the area where I think we, we still got a lot of work to do. And I'm, I'm very uh, confident that that work is gonna happen. And we got the right people in place to do that. Um, but that, that'd be the area I'd probably focus.
0: Okay. All right. Anything that we didn't touch on that you guys think that we should talk about
1: before we wrap it up? I just have to make a plug. Uh, you know, this year's attendance at, at convention was outstanding. We had over 800 attendees at the show, 95 exhibitors. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask everyone to please save the date for next year's show. It's going to be even bigger, even better. We're going to be uh, in Orlando at the Rosen Shingle Creek, April 24th through the 26th, 2023. And um, we're just going to continue to build and improve on, on the experience that we had this year. And uh, again, it's just a great way. We're going to be, you know, showing and demonstrating the progress we're making throughout the year on these important issues. So I do hope please spread the word. Um, There'll be more information to come, but be sure to mark your calendars for that event.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Thank you all for all of your service to the industry, all that you all are doing. I know that you all dedicate many, many hours to the industry and to the RIA. So I really appreciate all of that and look forward to working more with you guys in the coming year. Thank you for all you do.
3: For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.